Across the margin of the podcast. I am your host, Michael Shields, and today I feel uh, inspired, as is usually the case when I jump behind this microphone, as I am excited to shine a bright light on a band that, uh, due to a terrible tragedy, is, I believe, far too underdiscussed. And I'm also thrilled to introduce you to a remarkable documentary about this band. And I'm fortunate enough to feature an interview with the extremely talented director of that doc. That band is Brainiac, a grouping of the most talented and experimental and flat-out thrashing musicians I've ever come upon. Brainiac has a unique and tragic story. This band, led by the freakishly gifted frontman, Tim Taylor, was on the come-up in the 90s. On the verge of a major record deal, admired by fans and peers alike, and truly about to pop off. Then, in 1997, Taylor sadly died in a car accident, halting the band's trajectory and forever affecting everyone in Taylor's orbit. Unfortunately and understandably, the band fell off the map at that point. Taylor too important to their success. But... They had an impact that needs to be celebrated, as they inspired and affected so many musicians that are heralded today. Artists such as Beck, uh, Matt Berninger from The National, uh, Jim O'Rourke from Sonic Youth, Cedric from Mars Volta, um, uh, David Yao from The Jesus Lizard. Um, I can go on and on. And, and once one gets to know Brainiac's music, if not in the know already, Their influence becomes deeply obvious throughout the musical landscape. They were a band creating music light years ahead of their time. Luckily for us all, there's a new documentary about Brainiac that has been born into this world to highlight not just the genius and impact of Brainiac as a band, which is entirely awe-inspiring, but also just how remarkable their frontman, Tim Taylor, was. A true savant that I personally believe would have amounted to a renowned musical icon in the way that, say, Trent Reznor or Jay Maskus or even Eddie Vedder or Kurt Cobain had, if not for his genius being taken before his time. That documentary is entitled Brainiac Transmissions After Zero and is directed by Eric Mahoney, who we'll be hearing from momentarily. Transmissions After Zero dissects the intricacies of Brainiac's unique sound and intimately whisks viewers into the lives of those closest to Taylor as they attempt to recover from and process the fallout from such a monumental loss. The doc celebrates the life and creativity of one of rock's most unsung heroes, exploring with humor and heart 
the way in which individuals cope with the sudden and extreme loss. It was an honor to talk to Eric, who is uh, an extremely talented filmmaker. He actually hails from Dayton, Ohio, where Brainiac is from, and this kind of fashions um, the project as a as a passion project for him. And uh, and you can tell it's, it's this this film is meticulously crafted, and it just it's it's I mean it's I'll go ahead and say it it's one of the better rock docs I've ever seen. It really. It really affects, uh, it's deeply affecting, and um, it just does a, such a good job of showing you how talented this band and, and Taylor were. Uh, before we talk to Eric, um, I just want to take a second and kind of share, uh, you know, so we can experience together some of Brainiac's music. So we're going to start here um, with a track off their debut album. <laughs> Dance Invasion. It's off their 93 debut, as I said, Smack Bunny Baby. And uh, that song is specifically unique in that it features vocals from their then-guitarist, Michelle Bodine, which is uh, which is not the norm. Tim Taylor sings um, uh, all their songs. But um, Michelle wasn't long for the band, um, unfortunately. But uh, Brainiac moved onwards, experimenting with their sound, getting weirder and more wonderful. And... Uh, and you can see this um, weirdness and this change and this experimentation uh, exhibited on their 1994 album, Banzai Superstar. Give me some love. Give me some love. God save us all. Give me some love. Just a missile. 
I was fucking with the altimeter. Shit is, uh, it's sultry and wild and, and, uh, only a hint of the madness that's on that album. Um, Bonsai Superstar is where I believe Brainiac found their voice, their purpose, and where they kind of forged into uh, the adventurous freak show that they eventually became, uh, but to me, this was only the beginning, as wild as that album is. And, and what came next in the 1996 release of the album, Hissing Prigs in Static Culture, uh, things progressed into deep, uncharted territory, and things got really real. <laughs> of uh, Fugazi every time I hear that song and and a whole slew of other uh, remarkable bands that Brainiac surely inspired. That's uh, Vincent Come On Down, just one of the bangers off his Hissing Prigs. Uh, the whole album is worth everyone's time, but um, the first four tracks in Indian Poker, uh, Pussyfoot and Vincent Come On Down, and This Little Piggy, just stupid good. So that's a cool place to start um, or just uh, go to if you want to get your mind blown a little bit. Uh, what an achievement that album is. And while that is their final album, uh, unfortunately, there is an EP I need to play a song off of. The EP is called Electroshock for President, and it is their last release. And this song is called Fresh New Eyes. Say 
This EP, Brainiac um, decided to use only electronic equipment instead of guitars, demonstrating um, where they kind of were at the time and, and kind of, again, how uh, ahead of their time they were. Uh, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails has talked about how inspiring Brainiac was to him from a sonic standpoint and revealed uh, that we, while recording 2005's With Teeth, he used Brainiac's um, this EP right here electronic shock for present as a sound reference and um the only thing i could say to that is uh, no shit trent um and, i mean does anyone not hear just nine inch nails ringing through that and if you hear the whole ep i mean it's 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 so uh obvious that um they they affected trent and nine inch nails as a whole so uh it's about time to get into this interview with eric um again the stock's the best but real quick uh, I need to remind you once again that um, Across the Margin, the podcast, is part of the Osiris Network. Osiris is a community a podcast and a network connecting you to excellent content, live events, news, video, and more. Go to OsirisPod.com for more of the goods. Uh, there's uh, a podcast I want to point you to, an episode of a podcast I want to point you to that I just listened to today and I absolutely love. I'm, I'm way into the band Strand of Oaks. Um, and the podcast uh, Beyond the Pond just interviewed him. There's, uh, the two hosts interviewed Tim Showalter, who basically fronts Strand of Oaks. And um, honestly, it's one of the most heartfelt, uh, unpretentious, and fun interviews I've ever heard of a musician in my life. It was, it's awesome. It's really, it's a lot of fun. They bounce around from so many different topics, and and they get deep. I mean, just about life before they dig into. Uh, um, uh, Tim's or Strand of Oaks' new album, Eraserland, which is a must-own. Uh, Eraserland's the real deal. It's awesome. And there was one part where I actually was thinking about Brainiac, because um, you'll see in this this interview coming up, um, uh, Brainiac's from Dayton, and there's all these great bands from Dayton, whether it's uh, uh, Guided by Voices, The Breeders. There was this whole funk revolution that kind of happened in Dayton, Ohio. And, you know, I, I turned to him. I'm like, why, you know, you'll hear it. Why Dayton? What What was going on there? And you know, he wasn't quite sure and bounced some ideas around. I, you know, always go to Borden. Um, but in this interview uh, Beyond the Pond has with Tim from Strand of Oaks, they're talking about Jason Molina, the great Jason Molina, who's uh, he's from Ohio, too. And, and Tim was saying that, um, you know, Tim was from, I think it's Indiana, and he was, you know, talking about Jason being from Ohio. It's all kind of the heartland. He's like, he's like, we are all farmers, uh we don't believe in psychologists, so our brains are all just a mess. And just, I just love that as uh, an answer for why this, why this creativity uh, is it does come out of some of these mundane 
you know, you might think places uh, like Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, or Indiana, just a cool idea that music is, you know, their expression, their way to deal with all this madness in their minds. So, cool. Let's get into it. Here is my interview with the director of Brainiac Transmissions from Zero, Eric Mahoney. Thank you so much for making the time. Really, really appreciate it. Loved this film. It's awesome. Thank um, you. Thank you. So why, uh, why Brainiac? Um, what was your inspiration, your kind of aim when you conceived the idea to make this doc? Well, um, so I'm originally from Dayton. Mm-hmm. So okay. uh, in the 90s, I was in high school when these guys were around. Um, and I was, you know, very much wanting to be a musician myself. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah you were a band, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they just became... Um, incredibly inspirational to me as yeah. I started to dig into. So you were a fan in the nineties, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the music scene in Dayton at that time was was really kind of picking up steam, and there was getting a lot of national notoriety from like Guide by Voices, yep. and Breeders, the Breeders, yep. and um, there were other great bands like Ten O'clock Scholar, and uh, obviously Brainiac yeah. were sort of at the at the top of that for me in terms of just their kind of. Creativity and artistry and innovation and style and you know yeah. everything really. Yeah. I just thought they were just completely fascinating. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, you know, since Tim's passing, I mean, they've always just been in my psyche and they've been a band that's held up over the years. Um, and so, end of 2016, I just kind of finished up a different film project that I spent a couple of years working on and was looking to Is that North Dixie Drive. Uh, no, this was a film called Madly. Okay. Uh, it was an anthology film. It was scripted. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Cool. That I produced that was uh, six different directors from around the world oh, cool. doing love stories. So, wow, I need to look into that. Yeah, it was good. It premiered Tribeca in 16 mm-hmm. and kind of did the festival circuits on iTunes and Amazon yeah. and stuff. And so when we're at 16, you were looking for uh, what's so, next here? So looking for what's next. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there was several stories that I always had on the back burner mm-hmm. that I thought were interesting and mm-hmm. worthwhile and so I started exploring those and and uh, doing some preliminary recon and reaching out to the band members and yeah. just kind of seeing taking their temperature really yeah. you know to see if this was something of interest I also kind of did the math and, and figured it was it was about 20 years 20 since years. Tim passed yeah. and 25 years since the uh, the band had formed so yeah. kind of seemed 93 I think was the first yeah, yeah. Uh, the 92 92 yeah yeah, yeah. so in 2017, yeah, it was like that 25, mm-hmm. 20 marker. Yeah. Uh, kind of seemed like uh, just the right time. And, yeah. and they were sort of open to it immediately. And so that right. all kind of felt good mm-hmm. um, as well. So that's kind of how it took off. You know, we just started, you know, just started kind of dipping my toe in the water. Mm-hmm. Everyone was super receptive. And then not soon after, we had our first Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. And, and that's how we kind of got off and running. That's fantastic. What I One thing I really, really love, and it is that, you know, hindsight of 20 plus years, is mm-hmm. uh, that I, I, I don't think enough people, um, even just music enthusiasts, to really talk about uh, Tim Taylor's genius. And this right. film does such a good job of, of showing, you know, just his background. He had a jazz background and everything like that. I mean, what was so special about Tim Taylor? Because he was special. Lots of things. Yeah, so, yeah I, could, I couldn't agree more. I, the jazz thing to me was fascinating. I had no idea what the, the I mean, Lazarus I, Effect, that song. Yeah, yeah. Well, really well cool. Michael Bashaw, who yep. was in the film, yep. who, who was um, the, the leader of the sort of avant-garde jazz band that Tim played in while he was in high school. Um, I should mention that this jazz band was all grown men mm-hmm. well into their 40s and 50s yeah. at that point, yeah. and Tim was in high school. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that that to me was particularly interesting. His mother, Linda, is a very accomplished musician, but mm-hmm. she won't tell you that. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of a sneaky musical genius uh-huh. herself. So he came from this pedigree that was really interesting. Father as well, right? Yeah, yeah. his dad was a phenomenal jazz yeah. guitarist for yeah. his entire life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he... Um, he played with Jocko and mm-hmm. just, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. just like, yeah. So, so Tim comes from this pedigree. that's really interesting. And uh, I think just had this incredible mind, yeah. um, for, for not only music, but in, but like I think Juan says in the film for kind of creating this entire package yeah. that is, you know, interesting from the look of it to the sound of it, to the personality, mm-hmm. you know, the band was incredibly funny, mm-hmm. um, as well. He had a great sense of humor. That's something we tried to convey in the film is yeah. to kind of use a lot of humor to kind yeah. of bring that out. Uh, yeah. Just, just, I mean, again, they stand the test of time for me no doubt. through and through. I think yeah. he was an incredible artist. They seem way ahead of their time, way, yeah. ahead, way of their ahead of their time. Of their time. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it, we'll talk about some of the people in the film that, uh, but it's no surprise that they influence some musicians today. Right. Uh, before we bounce too far, we were talking about Dayton. What, what was, um, that is crazy. What was going on in Dayton? I mean, the yeah. Peter's coming out of there, got it by voices. Mm-hmm. Um, What's so special there? Is it just like kind of that Midwest uh, little else to do type situation, or just you know, it's it's amazing when I see like pockets like that where, you know, a lot of great arts coming out of, and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool that that happened in Dayton at that time. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And there's been several Renaissance periods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just before a decade before that, it was funk music. Yeah. You know, with Lakeside and Slade yes, and the Ohio Players yep. and Roger and Zap, mm-hmm. and like really like, I mean, if you look at that, if, if you look at the that influence on hip hop is, mm-hmm. is, yep. is insane. Absolutely, you know? all the um, that they took from that era. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I get yeah. asked this question all the time. I've thought about this question my entire life. Being from there, mm-hmm. um, it has a disproportionate amount of creativity that yeah. comes from a town yeah. that size. It's um, wild. It is. I don't know. I think it has something to do with that. There isn't a whole lot to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the the creative people there are kind of forced to make their own fun yeah. in a lot of ways. But, down, um, get into something. I, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I really don't. I, I'm more puzzled by it the more I get asked. Yeah. I, I used to have more theories, but I mean, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just one of those something things. It's, it's, it's strange, but I mean, there are, and, and, and to me too, like Tim and Kim Deal and Bob Pollard mm. in particular are really fascinating people, yeah. you know, in yeah. minds, like just, just well beyond like a, what, what you would consider to be a talented songwriter or yeah. musician. Mm-hmm. They're just like, uh, they're a little, they're just a little different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know no, it takes say. different to be uh, making that type of uh, amazing art as well. Yeah. Um, one thing the film does is not only show you just kind of like that rise and, and, and where they were going and just how outstanding that that was. It was just incredible. But also it makes me, or makes people, I believe, think what could have been. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm curious what your take is on, on how big they could have been. And the reason is, is one of my favorite parts in the film is, um, uh, I think it was Juan was saying every time Tim would come to him to a song and they would like it, he would kind of be, you know, they're like, wow, that, that could be a hit. He would take it and kind of like freak it out a little bit more. And so some of the music is um, kind of inaccessible by design mm-hmm. uh, to masses. But at the same time, when I think about, you know, the love of bands of like Nine Inch Nails, which this makes me think of all the time, Fugazi, Mars Volta, Cedric's in this. I mean, they have, uh, you know, tons of fans as well. I think, I think this could have been, they could have been huge. Tough to I, say, right? I, I don't know. Tough to say, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, I see that point. Yeah. Um, you know, they also sort of were... 
at the tail end of this like major label feeding frenzy, yeah. where a lot of bands of their of a similar ilk did did do that major We're label thing up, and yeah. didn't necessarily transition that super okay. super well. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to say. I I do think that um, I do think that they had so much talent and creativity yeah. that it's very very possible. You know, given given the fact that they influenced all of these people mm-hmm. and, and, and those people are very well-known. Well-known, yeah. So it, it, it's very possible. I also had heard through doing interviews that Tim was 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 very much interested in producing records okay. at that point. That would have been, yeah. You know, you yeah. don't know if if he would have kind of gone the, the Rick Ocasek route, route yeah. or something, you yeah. know, and just yeah. kind of like done a little bit of both mm-hmm. and been like a super producer. Yeah, who knows? I mean, that's part of the tragedy is, is, the, is the question mark yeah, there what, what, what could have been. But... Um, you know, I, I certainly think that those guys, those guys could have could have been successful. You know, uh, in, in whatever that they pursued, Definitely. whether that's you know whether that's attracting masses, I don't know. But yeah. however, you know, successful to themselves, you know, in their mm-hmm. own minds, they they could have absolutely yeah. done that. I think forever. I would have just after seeing a lot of that footage that you showed of their live show, would have killed to be at one of those. I'm sure. That just the, the energy was palpable. It's wild. Yeah, I mean that sticks with me to this day. And I mean, people come up to us at all the screenings and stuff too. Mm-hmm. There's always a, you know a half dozen people that come up and share. This is a story the, of the, the, they saw them, and then that's yeah. never you know worn off. Yeah, you know it's it's so it's funny to get those emails and hear those people in person just like saying how excited they still are just of the memory of the one time yeah. they saw them. They were a really like incredible live band, I have to say. I mean, one of one of the absolute best and I've seen thousands yeah. of shows. Uh-huh. And, you know, those guys are, you know, in, in the top ten. They really came with it. it yeah, you can obviously tell from that footage. So, um, this film, this doc, Transmission After Zero, it's truly captivating to behold in a lot of ways. Not only is there all that uh, amazing footage all these great interviews, but, um, you know, there's some crafty editing, there's, um, some funny animation and a lot of that. So this is a, this is, this is a project that involved a lot of people. I know Ian Jacobs was involved with you. I was, I was wondering, you had quite a team, good team working together on this. I was wondering if you could speak on them a little. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So Ian, you know, came on board about, I think nine or 10 months in, Mm -hmm. I was sort of flying solo, you know, when he, I mean, I've known Ian for well over a decade, mm-hmm. so we've always wanted to work together. We, we've written pilots and such together, and I've been looking to figure out sort of, yeah. how we're going to do something together. So this was sort of a natural fit. Um, he's a musician um, as well, and, and, you know, this was just, you know, very appealing to him. So he kind of came on board. I was sort of a crazy person sitting in my bedroom with a bo- boxes of hard drives and interviews and VHS tapes and like, you know, spinning my wheels a little bit. And so when he came on, it actually took shape. You know, we, we, we figured out what to do. We kind of launched a production company Mm -hmm. out of it. He and I, and and kind of made it a little more real and professional and got down to work and, and, you know, chiseling away this massive stone Mm -hmm. that was going to be a sculpture, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, Ian is, is, is an incredibly talented, uh, musician, editor, Mm -hmm. storyteller. Um, and so he and I, you know, every day since he came on board over a year and a half ago had worked on this film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've very much been at the helm. Um, in addition, though, yeah, we've had help from tons of talented people. Um, you know, Jamie Krieger, our sound mixer, Ashley, our colorist, um, Daniel Corkery, who did the animations. You know, these people came on and worked for little or, or no money at all just because they believed in the project. Yeah. And that was just incredibly humbling and we're so grateful yeah. for everyone's talents. Yeah. 
Um, you know, just, yeah, there's been, uh, I, I could rattle off like, you know, dozens of names yeah. of people that have helped in yeah. various ways to, it, it, it really takes, it took an army, an army yeah. to get a project like this yeah. off the ground. Uh, if so. you don't have that, it's just not going to succeed because yeah. there's not a lot of people beating down your door to finance something yeah. like this. So yeah. it just takes the kindness of others to, to kind of get it. Through. And I think it was Ian who said it at the, um, at the, uh, premiere the other night in New York city that the soundtrack was, was made years beforehand by Brainiac. You know, that's a really so, interesting point. He had said that yeah. at, the, at the premiere at South like, by Southwest. Yeah, and, and, and I was, uh, it kind of struck me then because I, I don't think, I mean, we'd, we'd sort of talked about how Tim and the band scored the film and yeah. how cool that was mm-hmm. and how every time we were looking for a mood, like we could just go through He's the catalog fine. and find it. Yeah. But um, he sort of put it in a very succinct way. And yeah, it's, it's fascinating that they scored their own film, yeah. you know, like, because, I mean, yeah, we, we use 60 some tracks of mm-hmm. theirs in, in some fashion. Yep. Yeah. Throughout yeah, the even entire just sounds, thing. blips, and like what I'm yeah, you know, yeah, sound design, or yeah, you know, yeah. it's a it's a you know very obvious cue, or it's just a sound yeah. design. Um, that's it's pretty much you know ninety percent of everything you're hearing in there is Brainiac, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's cool that like you know Tim being the person that wrote the lion's share of that sort of scored his yeah. own film in a way. It's, it's yeah, really it's awesome. really cool. And it makes it a whole Brainiac experience, yeah. in, in, in in such a full way. Um, so we're just talk, kind of talking about how um, you know it took an army to kind of bring it to light, but um, you mentioned Kickstarter earlier. Mm-hmm. This uh, this film was was uh, funded by a Kickstarter campaign, right? I mean, this is kind of like the fans uh, got together and people who were influenced by the band helped bring this to life, right? Yes, two of them, in fact. Yeah. Oh, there's two Kickstarter companies. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We did one initially um, uh-huh. to, to kind of thing off the ground, do all the production. Yeah. Um, the kind of paid for me to fly around the country um, and hire crews mm-hmm. and sort of acquire, you know, all the all these interviews, yep. basically. And then we did another one for post production, mm-hmm. um, you know, which yeah. <laughs> ended up being Ian and I in his spare bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine the hours you guys put in there. But yeah, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah so we did two, two Kickstarter campaigns uh, that, that kept us afloat, yep. uh, basically. And um, yeah, just, they, yeah, it, awesome. it, was, it was fans from around the world. Yeah. It, was, it was like an international. Um, Backing, which was really nice to see, yeah. like different people from all over, and and then we got to hear a lot of different stories yeah. through that too. So um, awesome. yeah, that was really that was really incredible. If I'm right, uh, two of those fans that um, uh, kicked in were Trent Reznor and Mark Hamill. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that was very, that was really nice. That was really nice, and they they were both really kind in terms of promoting the Kickstarter campaign yeah, on awesome. social and yeah, that, yeah, getting the word you know, out. You definitely see a spike. Yeah, when someone does with, that. With those things, yeah. um, when those happen. So that was really nice, and, and uh, yeah, just very grateful for yeah. for anyone to, Absolutely. to help out the cause in that way. So cool. I love just that idea. Everyone can be a part of bringing something like this to life. Um, so I mentioned a couple names that were obviously influenced by them, but it was remarkable to see, um, you know, whether it's Matt from The National or Cedric from Mars Volta and the, at the drive-in, of course, David Yao from The Jesus Lizard, even Fred Armisen, like, convey their, their love uh, a brainiac and re- recount how inspired they were about the band. How did you go about kind of vetting who was inspired by brainiac or, you know, to find Cause they were super, super passionate that you could tell they were really affected by brainiac. Yeah. Booking these people was, was, was actually easy. Was, was it? one of the easiest yeah. parts of the, of the process, which typically that's not the case. But, yep. uh, again, everyone feels so strongly about these mm-hmm. guys and they either had a personal relationship with them, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, allowed them to say yes quickly, or they just loved the music so much yeah. that they made time out 
you know, whether or not they were touring or, you know, a lot of these people, I just caught them at Soundcheck, you know, in yeah. town because they, they, oh, yeah. they wanted to do it. And yep. they said, come by and let's, let's do it, you know, because they, they just felt so passionately mm-hmm. about them. So it really speaks volumes to these guys as people and as artists mm-hmm. that everyone is so willing to, to help out and, yeah. and be in the film. Um, but yeah, it, it was either like I, I, I was told someone was a fan or I just did some research and read someone like them mm-hmm. or saw an article with a musician yep. and they cited them or John Schmerzel is still very active as a musician. So yeah. he, he handed me off a, a list of you know people who said, yeah, you should probably talk to oh, cool. this guy, this guy, this guy. They, yeah. They've come up to me at shows and said they, how much they like Brainiac in yeah. the past. They might, they might do it. So he introduced people. Eli Janney helped out in that mm-hmm. respect. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like uh, either through research or reading or personal intros, mm-hmm. um, word got out and musicians seemed to want to be a part of it, which was really, awesome. really cool. Yeah. yeah. It made, made, made my life a lot easier. I didn't realize John, um, was in the touring band of Caribou. I like Caribou a lot. Yes. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I don't yes, know about yes. Inan, but I didn't know about Caribou. Mm-hmm. I also really liked, um, I was kind of curious what Matt from the National took away from Tim and Brainiac, because obviously the music's a whole lot different, but he was just talking about how kind of was able to like let go and just, you know, let the music soar through him a little bit. That was that was really, really fascinating. It's um, cool. We always have this like joke, Ian and I, about like there's no band on earth that Buzz Osborne and Matt Berninger agree on except yeah. Brainiac. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like that's like our, our running gag, like that yeah, uh, they're just so loved by everybody. We're like well, name someone else that someone else connects those yeah, two dots right yeah. there it's not gonna yeah. happen <laughs> um although the film does center around uh, a tragic event um there's a lot of hope in the story and kind of this um the will of a human spirit kind of to endure kind of permeates at that you know specifically towards the end of the film i was curious did you set out to find some positivity in kind of you know, how people deal with hurt and loss and how they adapt? Or is that something that just kind of you came upon organically as you got to know the musicians and where they ended up being? And the family. The family was a big part of this as mm-hmm. well. So that was pretty special. Yeah, I. that's that's a theme that made me want to do the piece, really. Uh, when I was thinking about doing this and, and thinking about what this story is and what the arc is and what the overall takeaway is... Yeah dealing with tragedy and overcoming that and, and seeing what life is like on the other side of that is, was very much of interest to both myself and Ian. It's part of the reason why he came on board yeah. because he said like, look, I don't want to do a music doc. Yeah. And the reason I'm here is because yeah, I, I like these guys, mm-hmm. but this story is really compelling mm-hmm. and the sense of hope that now that this is generating is really compelling. Yeah. And so that was something that was always, you, you know, a topic that we were, that we were aiming for. Um, because the first, the first thing that I thought when I heard, I remember I was standing in my dorm room at Ohio state when I heard that Tim passed away. Mm -hmm. And the first thought in my mind was, what are these guys going to do? Yeah. You know, like in their twenties, they're about to sign this major label. It's about to blow up. Yeah. Their whole life is like kind of laid out for them. They've been on this journey for the last five years. Um, what do you do when your life just takes a 180 like that? And Mm -hmm. you're not necessarily have the tools were equipped to deal with it as a 25, 26 year old male yeah. in a rock band, the maturation level there is not super high. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what happens? And so that's something I've always thought about through the years. Um, and, and, and talking to these guys then on the other side of that and hearing what they did was, was pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was definitely a part of this um, story that we wanted to explore. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, definitely. And it really brought things home. And it was mm-hmm. definitely, it was affecting in that way. It was, it was, and it's cool that it's been a sense of, uh, provided a sense of closure for them. Yeah. You know, Linda, yeah. Tim's mom, and, and all the band members have, have conveyed that to us, that this has really changed the way they look on this whole outcome, you know, and that's been a really great byproduct of this. It's not something we expected making the film. Um, but they've shared that with, with us in the process. And that's been, that's been really touching, honestly, that that in in any way this has provided closure, you know, after the South by Southwest premiere, the, all the band members' wives were actually telling me that they were, oh, wow. like, they were like thanking us. <laughs> we needed to put a bow on this. Somehow. Yeah, they're like, they're, well, this they were saying like, these guys never have spoken about this yeah. in twenty years. Like it, amongst them, they're all friends. They yeah. talk. They're on group text mm-hmm. and, and so forth. But this isn't anything they talked about. Yeah. So this is kind of, I think, opened up that dialogue a little bit and allowed for some healing and allowed yeah. for some better feelings to come through in terms of looking back on yeah. what happened um, and, and viewing this with with a sense of, of celebration now yeah. whether than rather than um, you just know. morose of what could have sure. been or you yeah. know regrets of some kind yeah yeah or sadness just sadness, sadness just you know pure sadness. yeah so it's, it's it's been really really humbling and grateful yeah. to, to, to hear that through this process now I was gonna tell you I um I sat two over from uh, Tim's mom at, mm-hmm. the, at the thing I got to talk to her right afterwards oh cool um she's real sweet she turned over and she's like she's talking she like started talking to me she's like it's so embarrassing seeing your face a uh, big face giant face on the screen I'm like I'm like you were lovely you were absolutely lovely in there and I'm like I'm just so glad that you know people are out there who are going to know more about you know what Tim did and everything and and she said she's like I am so grateful for what Eric and Ian have done here. Oh, she wow. said that, and like she like meant it, and I don't know if she thought like I, I, she was just it was it was like touching when she said it. Oh, I, was, wow. I was excited to be oh. able to tell you that. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, so cool to see how it's affecting her as well, which is really cool. I'm sure she she's been dealing with a whole lot over these last tw- you know twenty years. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. and I, I and she's like just like the strongest you know kind of person. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, she's just a really wonderful sweet strong person yeah and, um, yeah I, I can only imagine you know what yeah yeah I can only imagine I can't even imagine um so you have a big event this weekend to uh promote the film you going back to Dayton with it we are yeah, yeah. so Dayton is this Friday and they well they added a screen on Saturday morning oh, so there's going to be one screening to turn into four fantastic <laughs> so so yeah uh I I hope we'll, we'll bring that back when we when we kind of just Secure distribution Great. and have a proper run. So that's there. what's next for it. Just you're trying to get some distribution, get the Definitely. film out. Yeah, Definitely. I, want, I want to see this film go far and wide. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our hope. Yeah, that's why we're out there, kind of um, doing these special events, doing yep. festivals, Perfect. trying to you know get 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 a spotlight on this story and, and get it get it out as, as far as we can. But the Dayton event's going to be special. Mm-hmm. The band is going to do another reunion nice. show the next night on Saturday. Uh, everything's sold out. There's a local uh, brewery that, that mm-hmm. manufactured a Brainiac beer. Oh, nice. Fantastic, <laughs> so yeah. It's going to be a very Brainiac-y Good. sort of weekend in Dayton, Ohio. Fantastic. This week, so that, that'll be that'll a That'll be a fun. celebration for a lot of the fans and everyone Definitely. and everyone involved in the project. Too. Definitely. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah it'll be great. Great. Well, congratulations. I appreciate you talking about it. It's really it's an awesome film. I'm, uh, I'm pumped to, you know, kind of not only shine a light on the film, but just, like, get people, like, you know, people who don't know about Brainiac, there's one of their favorite bands out there for them to discover. They're that good, I think. So it's cool to, 
you know, kind of bring their conversation back in a lot of ways. So. Thanks. Yeah. 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 A lot of people have, have said they've, you know, after the screenings, they're going home and getting on Spotify. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. So yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks, man. Awesome. Sure. Appreciate you being on. And thank you everyone out there for taking another trip with us across the margin. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.